You don't know flag. You Don't Know Flat, a podcast full of stories about retro gaming, retro computing, video games, arcade games, and technology from a guy who was there and still is. My name is Rob O'Hara, but for the next 30 minutes, you can call me Flat. Episode 118, The Icade. Hello, and welcome to episode 118 of You Don't Know Flack. Today is January 6th, 2013. It is Sunday morning. It is the first Sunday of 2013. One of my New Year's resolutions, which I hope you guys appreciate, is that I am going to attempt... This is famous last words. I really shouldn't even promise this on the podcast. But my goal for this year is to record an episode of You Don't Know Flack every Sunday for the entire year. So... I went back and looked last year. My goal was to record 12 episodes of You Don't Know Flack. That was one a month, which I thought was a fairly obtainable goal. And it looks like I recorded about six episodes, which is terrible. That is nowhere. That is 50% of 12. (laughs) That is half. That is 50%. That is a failing grade in the education system. So the goal this year is to, that would be 52 episodes of You Don't Know Flack, which is... Uh, so insane for me that we all know that will never happen, but it's a lofty goal, so that's what we're going to shoot for this year. Um, so Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everyone. I hope everyone had a good holiday season. I had a wonderful Christmas here with my family. I, I think when you get older, it's uh, it becomes more about what you give than what you get. Um, I have a wife who asks for the most ridiculous things for Christmas and birthday. In my family, holidays were all about fun things, things that you wouldn't normally buy yourself. So holidays were never about uh, getting clothes or things like that. The, the big gift my wife asked for this year was a uh, some sort of frying pan. A, a pan that uh, for frying things and that also you can make omelets in, like some sort of omelet pan. I have no idea. It's so ridiculous. But um, you know what? I guess in the end it's about uh, getting things that you want. And uh, so my wife got her pan and she has made us omelets uh, once since Christmas. So I will be recording 52 episodes of You Don't Know Fleck this year. And hopefully I will receive 52 omelets. The odds of both of those things happening are very slim. (laughs) But we have to set our goals, right? Um, so you don't know Flack. Let's talk about what's going to happen this year. Um, if I am going to record 52 episodes of you don't know Flack this year, then some things are going to have to change on the production end. I am not going to completely write out every episode. I'm just going to write out some outlines basically for me to follow when I'm doing my recording. Um, they're also probably going to sound like I... I'm sleepy <laughs> because I am because I'm waking up on Sunday mornings to record these. So uh, maybe I'll move my. Uh, I got one of those for my birthday last year. I got one of those uh, Keurig. Is that how you say that? Keurig coffee makers. Maybe I'll move my little Keurig coffee maker up here and and uh, my little computer nook upstairs so I can have some coffee before I record. 
But I would expect uh, a little bit less editing on the new episodes, so you may hear some. Uh, you may hear me pause and say um and and a little bit more, um, just like that. <laughs> These episodes uh, for the next, I'm going to be working on the format a little bit. Let's just say that. So uh, we'll we'll see what we can put together. I still want to put together a uh, great recording for you guys, and I want to put them chock full of information. And so that's what I've spent the last week doing getting some information about the iCade which is one of the super cool things I got for Christmas Uh, so in this episode I'm going to talk a little bit about the iCade if you're not familiar with that and um, before we get started I just wanted to give a couple of shout outs the first uh, shout out is of course to the retroist who I am still writing for I am uh, for my one of my New Year's resolutions, I'm changing some of my writing goals. A lot of the writing that I do is uh, for free for magazines and websites and things like that. And I've spread myself so thin that I've a lot of the. I mean, I'm, I'm using so much of my time writing for these other people that I'm not able to get stuff done. But one website that I will continue to write for is the Retroist. Uh, the guys over there are super awesome and uh, just really get along with everybody over there. It's one of those sites that I enjoy writing for as much as I enjoy reading. I love going there and seeing what the new posts are, uh, seeing what the other guys have posted. And and lately, I've seen a lot of riffing uh, back and forth. Like someone will post, uh, you know, recently someone posted something about a a He-Man lunchbox and then someone else posted uh, about a He-Man jigsaw puzzle or something like that. And so you'll get these little floods of, uh, you know, posts with a similar theme coming together. But So that's, I always enjoy seeing that. Like I said, I enjoy reading the other guys' retro-related posts, and, and I love throwing mine in the mix, too. So, retroist.com. If you don't go there, go there. The Retroist also does a podcast, and his podcasts are way better than mine. So, definitely subscribe to uh, the Retroist podcasts. Speaking of podcasts, um, the No Quarter podcast just leaped onto my radar a couple of weeks ago. Um, no Quarter is uh, a podcast hosted by Carrington Vanston. If you've not heard of Carrington's name, then uh, Carrington is very active in the Apple II community, the retro computer, and he's also a very active podcaster. And No Quarter is Carrington's new podcast which is all about retro video games. so Or arcade games, I should say. Um, so uh, it's a, a very well put together podcast. Carrington is teamed up with uh, Mike McGinnis. And each week, the two of them pick a classic arcade game and play it and talk a little bit about the history of it. They share their high scores. You can follow them on Twitter and see what their high scores are during the week. It's just very entertaining and they're they're really good at what they do. Carrington um, has several podcasts, actually, and if you go to monsterfeet.com, like feet, you can see all of Carrington's podcasts. The one that um, I've been catching up on old episodes is called One Megahertz, and it is an Apple II podcast. So they're not Commodore guys, but we won't hold that against them. Um, but um, he has a couple of movie-related podcasts. He has some older podcasts that are no longer being updated, and he has some new ones that appear to be coming soon. So 
Um, but anyway, the No Quarter podcast and all of the uh, podcasts that those guys work on can be found at monsterfeet.com. So be sure to check them out. And I think that's it for the shout out. So uh, with that, we will get started on episode 118, which is all about the iCade. Now, before talking about iCade, I guess I should talk a little bit about my stance on emulation. I have posted pictures. To my left, right now, in my little computer room, I have a second computer desk, and I'm looking at it right now. And from left to right, I have an Amiga 1200, an Apple IIe, and my old, old original Commodore 64, all set up, hooked up, ready to play, um, all of them. And so I talk, you know, also a lot of people know me from uh, my book Invading Spaces and know that up until recently when I moved, I owned uh, 30 arcade games that I had in my backyard. So a lot of people assume that because I'm so into the real thing that I don't enjoy emulation. And that's actually not true. Uh, I do enjoy emulation. I think emulation definitely has its place. I think there are a lot of times where emulation um, in the right situation is just as good as the real thing. Obviously, emulation, um, one argument I used to always make people would say, you know, um, the only way to play old Commodore games is on a real Commodore. And obviously on the real hardware, that's the only place where you're going to get something that's 100% accurate. Um you know, the Commodore, the intricacies of the Commodore SID sound chip, they're really close in emulation, but they're not 100% accurate. The same goes for um, Nintendo, you know, uh, or any classic system, really. I mean, if you're if you're super familiar with the hardware, and I'm not talking, like, you know, for the NES. Well, I had an NES, you know, when I came out, and I played it for a few years. Well you're probably not going to remember exactly what shade of green is in the background of, you know, Super Mario Brothers. Or, you know, you may remember the tune of the music, but not every note or which voice is louder, things like that. So if you have the hardware next to emulation, the hardware is obviously what the emulation is going to be compared to. So the hardware is 100% accurate. Emulation can be close. It can be really close. But it's not always entirely like 100% accurate. Now, that being said, I've always used the following case. Commodore 64 games are really fun to play. And sometimes when I travel, I like to play them uh, on an airplane or in a hotel room. It's really a pain in the ass to hook up a Commodore 64 on an airplane. I mean, could you imagine uh, trying to hook up a a 13 or 14 inch CRT monitor on the little flip down tray table. And then you'd have, you know, your Commodore and, and, um, I don't even know how you would get power to all these things. So obviously, you know, in that situation, being able to play old Commodore games on my phone or my iPad or something like that is perfectly acceptable, you know? Um, or, you know, there are games that you may not be able to get in the real world, like, you know, games that are expensive or things like that. And, and you could just download the ROM and play it on your computer. So yeah, I'm not really anti-emulation. Same thing goes for arcade games. Um, and there are arcade games 
that are obviously much more fun to play on the original hardware. When I was actively buying arcade games, I would always look at the controls because, um, you know, there are a lot of games that use a joystick and a couple of buttons. Well, that stuff is pretty easily uh, reproduced in a home-type system. You can use a gamepad, you can use a keyboard if you want, those type of things. But um, for a game like 720, which is one of my favorite uh, classic games, it's an old skateboarding game, and in 720, you have this joystick. Um, it's not even really a joystick. It's hard to explain, but it's it's almost like a spinner with a joystick attached to it. So you don't move the joystick left, right, up, down. You rotate it around like a spinner, but you hold on to it like a joystick. Um, there is no... First of all, there's no other arcade game that uses that joystick. Second of all, um, there's no home system that properly emulates that. I mean, a spinner doesn't feel right. A joystick doesn't feel right. They have released 720 on several of those Atari Midway compilations uh, for the PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3. It's in MAME. I mean, so you can get the game, but without that controller, it just doesn't feel right. Um, anybody who's ever used a joystick to play the original Star Wars arcade game knows what I'm talking about. So... Um, there, there are lots of times where the real thing is better than emulation. However, if you don't have a Star Wars arcade game at your house, or you don't have a Dig Dug arcade game, which I've been really hooked on Dig Dug going back to, um, the No Quarter podcast that I mentioned, these guys mentioned their Dig Dug scores and they were so far above my Dig Dug score, which I erroneously thought that I was good at. <laughs> it turns out I am not good at Dig Dug. So I've been playing Dig Dug for two weeks straight now. And I'm much better than I was two weeks ago. It's amazing that I've been playing Dig Dug I, theoretically for 30 years now. And I only got good at it in the last two weeks. But, um, so yeah, for, for things like that, I think emulation's totally acceptable. I am so far off my topic today, though, which is the iCade. So what is the iCade. By the way, I got an iCade this year for Christmas, and so when I walked out Christmas morning, uh, I saw, and I had, I won't, I won't say it was a complete surprise because I had put the iCade on my Christmas list, but when I came out, um, I had expected to see this cute little arcade shape type machine or whatever, but instead I saw a box. It turns out the iCade uh, ships with some assembly required. Some assembly means putting the entire thing together, but we'll talk a little bit about that. So what is the iCade? The iCade started actually, as a few products have, on the ThinkGeek website as an April Fool's joke. If you're not familiar with ThinkGeek, they always, on April Fool's, they list several items that are um, silly type you know, geek-related items, and several of those items have become such a hit with their reader base that they've been turned into real items. Uh, one of those was, one of the first ones, which is one that I also own, is the 8-bit necktie, which is like a tie that you would wear, but it's, um, you know, very square and has a square pattern on it. You know, it looks like something you would see in an old Mario game or something like that. But um, uh, response was so positive to this silly 8-bit tie that they ended up making it. And that's happened a few times. They also That happened with, um, I think, the Tauntaun 
sleeping bag, which if you remember from Empire Strikes Back, the Tauntaun was the uh, two-legged creature that um, the rebels used to ride around on Hoth. And um, when Luke was uh, frozen out in the snow about to die and, and Han Solo found him, he rode the Tauntaun out and then cut the Tauntaun's belly open with Luke's lightsaber and stuck Luke inside so that he wouldn't freeze to death. So um, another one of the Think Geek joke items was the Tauntaun sleeping bag, which looks like a Tauntaun, uh, unzips like a sleeping bag, and the inside print is actually uh, looks like guts. And um, again, the response was so high to this that Think Geek ended up making those as well. I do not have a Tauntaun sleeping bag, which is a tragedy, um, but I do have the Wampa floor rug, which is, um, eh, more my style. So anyway, the iCade looks like a miniature little arcade cabinet. And the iPad slides into the front, or I guess from the top down, into the iCade and becomes the iCade screen. So it looks like a little arcade game, and instead of a monitor, you would use your iPad. And this was an April Fool's joke in 2010, but again, they got such a positive response and they got contacted by Ion, which, if you're not familiar with Ion, they make a lot, I have several Ion products. Most of the Ion products I have are uh, items that connect, they're like computer peripherals. Uh, I have a Ion USB turntable, a record player that has USB out the back that you could connect to your computer so I can turn um, LPs, old vinyl albums, into MP3s, which I do occasionally. Um, I also have an Ion a little breakout box. It's also USB, and it has RCA ports in it so that I can plug things like camcorders or um, a VCR into my computer and record you know, things off of videotapes into uh, MPEGs or whatever. So... Um, those are the some of the things that Ion has made. So Ion contacted ThinkGeek, and between the two of them, they ended up making a prototype, iCade, which was uh, shown, I believe, at CES in early 2011, and it actually hit the market in June of 2011. Uh, I had an iPad. Let's see. We had an iPad 1 I bought um, the year it came out. And then my wife has an iPad 2 for work, and then I, last year when it came out, bought an iPad 3. So I don't have any Macintosh, I was going to say any Apple computers, but I have an Apple 2 sitting right here next to me. I actually have a stack of Apple 2s, um, which is, says more about my hoarding than my uh, affinity to Apple. But um, I don't, I've never owned a Macintosh computer, so I'm not really uh, what you would call an Apple computer, when I say Apple computer, I'm talking about modern Macs, but I'm not an Apple computer person, let's say. But um, really, between the iPhone and the iPad and the iPod, I've become an Apple gadget type person. So um, when I saw this iCade, you know, I was kind of interested in it. A little bit about this thing, I'm looking at it right here. It's made out of wood. It has uh, a joystick on the left-hand side. And then eight buttons on the right-hand side, which uh, eight buttons is more than enough to do anything you want to do playing, you know, classic arcade games, anything like that. Um, like I said, it uses the iPad for the screen. And something I didn't realize about this until I started doing some research for this, but you can actually put the, the iPad slips in uh, 
vertically so the top of the iCade flips open and I can slip the iPad down in here. Um, but there is a little ridge on the front right behind the control panel that will also hold the iCade or hold your iPad horizontally as well. So you can use the uh, iPad screen either way. It also uses two AA batteries which came with it. Uh, there's a spot on the back for a power adapter and it needs power to run for Bluetooth. So that was one of the misconceptions I had about the iCade. I actually thought it had a Apple dock down in the bottom of it, um, but it doesn't. It uses Bluetooth to, to um, connect to the iPad. So that's actually good. I'll talk a little bit about that. Um, so what games are compatible with the iCade? Well, if you go to ionaudio.com and search for the iCade, and I will put that link in the show notes, um, there's a complete list of games that work with the iCade. Now, when the iCade first came out, it got a little bit of flack because, <laughs> a little bit of flack, it got a little bit of flack because there was really only one game that was compatible with it, and that was the Atari Greatest Hits. Now, saying that that's only one game is a little bit of a misnomer because the Atari Greatest Hits uh has, I believe, a hundred games. Uh, now they have to be purchased individually uh, or in packs, but um, it has a selection. I, I want to say it's about an 80 20 ratio, about 80 classic Atari 2600 games, and then 20 Atari arcade games. Um, but I think you can buy the entire pack for about $15 with all the games. Or you can buy little mini packs that contain four games each. But um, uh, so, but you kind of had to say, well, does this justify purchasing an iCade just so you can play Atari games? But uh, what these guys have done, what Ion and um, ThinkGeek have done, is they've released an SDK, a software developer kit, for implementing iCade controls into your games and they made it very easy to make games compatible with the iCade and it's a good thing they did because a lot of games now are compatible with the iCade um, so just some of the ones that I have on my iPad that work with the iCade controls um, I have Blazing Star which is an old Neo Geo shoot 'em up type game uh, I have Temple Run which is one that my son loves the new Fix It Felix game is compatible with the iCade. Uh, I also have Metal Slug 3, uh, another old uh, classic Neo Geo game. Uh, the iPad version of Pac-Man, and there are several other arcade games like that that support the iCade. And Warblade, it's funny um, that a lot of the top-down shooters, you know, which are games that are terrible if you try to use uh, a touchscreen controls or whatever, but they work brilliantly with the iCade. So there are lots of individual different games that work with the iCade, but what really sells it for me are all the great compilations, and all the big retro compilations are supporting the iCade now. I mentioned the Atari Greatest Hits, that has 100 games in it. There's also the Activision Anthology, and that has 50, um, it's a lot of in-store purchases, I think when you when you get it, it's a free, Activision Anthology is a free download, um, that only comes with Kaboom. But um, you can buy 50 Atari 2600 Activision games, and that is compatible with the iCade. Uh, Midway Arcade, 
which has, um, I think it comes with about half a dozen Midway arcade games, same as like Joust and Defender, that all runs with the iCade. And in addition to that, you could buy a whole bunch of um, arcade versions of Midway games like Gauntlet and APB and all these classic Midway games. Uh, Rampage is in there. So that works with the iCade. Also, most of the retro computer emulation packs that are on the iPad, um, there's the Commodore 64 package. There's Spectaculator, which is the uh, ZX Spectrum emulator. There's the Emula Oldies, I believe is how you say it. It's A-E-M-U-L-A, but I believe it's Emula Oldies, which is what um, the iPad version of DOSBox, which was out for a while. Um, I, I believe it got pulled off of the iTunes store because you could actually connect and um put in your old DOS games and run them on the iPad. So that was uh, iDOS or DOSPad for a while, but I believe that's now the Emula Oldies is the uh, same package. It has some of the Commander Keem games in there and some other old DOS games, but that works with the iCade. Um, there's another package just called Retro Games, which has uh, 100 old computer games, a lot of Commodore 64 games and stuff like that. Um, there are a couple of developers that are also supporting the iCade on all their stuff. One is uh, Lamasoft, which is uh, Jeff Minter's outfit. All of Jeff Minter's games all work with the iCade. And also um, my good friends over at Pixel Games, they have uh, three different games on the iPad or on the iStore so far. They have RPG Quest. All their games are um, retro-themed, and they're really awesome. The RPG Quest, there's one called Pixel Party, which has a bunch of mini-games in it. And then there's another game called Foreigner, which is just the number four, the letter N, and the letter R. Those are all on iTunes, and I think they're like a dollar or two dollars each. Um, but they all support the iCade as well, and they're really fun. So I'll, I'll put some links to those also in the show tunes. But um, so you've got all these different little packages that support the iCade. But the number one reason I wanted an iCade is for a little program called iMame. Now, um, MAME, as you probably know if you're listening to this podcast, is the multi-arcade machine emulator. Uh, It's available for free, and it is a program that allows you to run vintage arcade games on many different platforms. I was going to say your home computer, but that's just the beginning. MAME, the source code to MAME is freely available, and it has been ported to dozens of different hardware platforms. There's MAME available. I used to have MAME um, on my old Xbox. I had um, MAME on anything that you can imagine. Somebody has probably ported MAME to. And um, there's an older version called iMAME for All. It's built on an older version of the code, which is kind of good because it's really streamlined and it'll run on slower or older hardware. And... um, so the bad part is is that it's not necessarily the newest version of MAME, so a lot of newer games, things like that, won't run on it. Also, like I said, it's it's um, designed to run on older or slower or portable hardware, and those uh, some of those hardware platforms don't have the processing power to handle newer games. So iMAME was actually available on the App Store for about a day, Uh, And then Apple pulled it off. So if you were lucky enough to get it that day, 
then you could get iMame on your iOS device without having to jailbreak it. Uh, but the easiest way to get iMame on your device is to jailbreak it. And my iPad is jailbroken. Hooray! So uh, with that done, I was easily able, Christmas morning, to copy iMame over to the iPad. Now when you do this, just like the normal version of MAME, when you install this, you'll get about 10 uh, commercial-free, not commercial-free, but commercially free, I guess, uh, arcade ROMs. And they're all horrible. They're all games that you would never play for more than about four seconds. Um, and nobody plays those games. The only reason you would get MAME installed on anything is to copy over your favorite old retro arcade games which is exactly what I did. So it was kind of a, a pain in the butt, really, because the version of iMame is so old that you have to find a specific ROM set uh, that is compatible with that version. But um, when I say pain in the butt, it's not like the old days of pain in the butt. I didn't have to march across the desert or anything like that. I had to search uh, BitTorrent sites for about 10 minutes, and then I got it. So uh, I was able to download every classic arcade game and copy them over to the iPad. And um, iMame is completely supported by the iCade. So, uh, yeah, I'm just totally thrilled with this little device. So, what is the best things about the iCade? And like I said, I'm looking at it. Uh, first of all, the retro style on this thing is just pretty cool. I mean, if you played arcade games back in the day or even if you still play them today... Um, you know, the, the joystick looks like the old, it's the old ball and stick joystick, like a little red ball on the end of a thin metal, uh, shaft, I guess, uh, for the joystick. And, and you have the buttons and the, uh, side art is very retro. It's kind of a, a light blue with a rainbow running down the side. Um, so yeah, when you look at this thing, it just kind of looks like an old arcade game. Um, and that's pretty cool. Another thing I really enjoy about the iCade is that retro arcade games were not designed to be played with touchpads. That has been one of my biggest arguments against uh, gaming on the iPad. Now, modern games, I mean, any game that you design with a tablet or iPad, whatever, um, in mind, you, you're going to build the controls in that are designed for that device. So you're going to build in touchscreen controls um, you know, swiping, touching, whatever the gestures are or whatever. But whenever you poured in these old games like Donkey Kong, let's say, or Dig Dug, because like I said, I'm just so stuck on Dig Dug right now. Um, but a classic arcade game where you have to go up, down, left, right, and then you have one or two buttons. Uh, what developers usually do is just do a, um, overlay on the game where you use these, you know, touch sensitive controls and they're horrible. I hate it. Um, one is because maybe I'm terrible at arcade games, but I have to, I mean, what ends up happening is my fingers drift off to where those little virtual controls are. So all of a sudden I'm moving my thumb around and nothing's happening. And when I look down at my, you know, where my thumbs are, um, then, you know, I get killed on screen. So I just really don't like playing games like that. The iCade really gives you the controls back of, you know, a classic joystick and buttons or whatever. So it makes playing those games uh, just so much more fun. Um, the other thing that I really like about it is there was like zero setup. Uh, I mean, literally, one. it took me longer, much longer, I should say, to uh, assemble it than it did to get it up and running. So 
to assemble the iCade, I mean, the instructions, I think, had six steps. So it, it certainly wasn't, um, uh, you know, a Herculean process to put this thing together. There's, It comes with some screws and an Allen wrench and a couple of little metal dowels for the hinge part. Uh, and the the uh, whole control panel all came as one piece, so the, the joystick and buttons, everything was, was already there. So uh, none of that had to be assembled. So it took me probably 15 to 20 minutes to put the whole thing together. And once I was done with that, and uh, the batteries were inserted, uh, literally, when you press a button, the quarter, the little fake quarter slot on the front of the iCade lights up. There's a little light in there to let you know that it's active. Uh, and when I went to the Bluetooth settings on the iPad, it said, hey, there's an iCade here. Do you want to use that? And I said, yeah. And it said, we're good to go. That's literally how long it took to set up with the iPad. So, um, yeah, I did I did appreciate how simple that process was. Um, like I said, it's Bluetooth. Um, it doesn't use an Apple dock connector, which is really good for a couple of reasons. The first off is... Uh, Apple recently changed their dock connector. So my son has an iPad mini and it doesn't use a standard dock connector. So he, you know, if this used a standard connector, he wouldn't be able to use that with the iCade. But since it's Bluetooth, he can. Uh, the other thing is that you can also use the iCade with your Android tablet. Now, I don't have an Android tablet, so I don't really know the specifics of that, but... Apparently, just from looking online, there are a lot of Android games that are starting to include uh, the SDK is available for uh, both operating systems. So people are including iCade support in their Android games. So I think that's pretty cool. So it's not, even though obviously it was designed with the Apple iPad in mind, but I like that it's expanding um, to other tablets. So uh, that's pretty cool too. And, you know, with other tablets, I think it's probably be easier to get MAME on them. Uh, you wouldn't have to jailbreak, you know, your tablet or whatever. So, um, obviously, the problem they're going to have cross-marketing is that iCade, you know, anything with that lowercase i, people think of as being an Apple product. So, but um, it does work with uh, other operating systems. So, over the last two weeks... Since Christmas, my iCade has got a lot of use, and I've noticed a few things that I don't love, let's say, about the iCade. So uh, the first one is that the iPad does not slip down. It, there's a little holder that holds the iPad in place, um, but the iPad won't fit in that if it has a case on it. Now, the case that's on my iPad is so thin. I mean, I have this little tiny thin plastic case. Uh, and my iPad won't fit down in this deal. So I can't imagine any possible case that would fit in here. I don't know that there's an iPad case that is slimmer than the one I own. Um, now, I will say that what I've kind of realized is that you can put the iPad inside the iCade behind the case or behind the little slot that's intended to hold the iPad. Um, I don't really know that I recommend that because I mean I think it's okay it just kind of leans in there I'm I'm always worried about maybe like if I get really excited on an arcade game or something uh that the iCade is going to move around and that my iPad's going to fall off and um uh so but it it does work and 
honestly, I've started doing that because it's just a lot easier than putting in the iPad in and out of my case every time I want to use the iCade. So I wish that um, the little holder that holds the iPad were maybe adjustable, like spring-loaded or something, or like a little uh, vice that you could adjust with a screw or something like that. Um, but just that you were able to adjust the um, the width a little bit of the holder. So, But yeah, your iPad will not fit in this if it's inside a case. So another problem that I started having is that the big red ball that's on the end of the joystick screws on and during normal gameplay apparently screws off. So <laughs> that's funnier than I meant it, but, um, uh, yeah. So as I'm playing, uh, dig dug and donkey Kong and, and, uh, Pac-Man and these games just during normal gameplay, the ball twice ended up coming completely unscrewed off the top of the joystick. Uh, and I, it only, I mean, there's, it doesn't screw on very far. There's only a few threads, you know, so I screwed it down as tight as it would go, but I, just during normal gameplay, I guess, uh, you know, slowly the ball gets unscrewed or whatever. So I solved that problem, and I will, if you want to write this down, here's how to solve that problem. I unscrewed the ball, I put some super glue in there, I put it back on, and I screwed it on. <laughs> so the red ball on the end of my joystick will never come off, which I thought was a really good solution, um, until about two minutes from now, I'll tell you why that wasn't a good solution. But, yes, uh, so that will solve the problem of the ball coming off the end of the joystick. Another thing that I don't necessarily love about the iCade is that the buttons and joysticks are very clicky. They make loud clicks when you press the button. They click, 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 click. Um, and I thought maybe that was just because they're new, you know? Um, I mean, a lot of the, like, I have arcade games out in my garage. I still have a few, um but they're 30 years old or older, you know? So I thought maybe it's just because the buttons are new, but actually I went online and I found a lot of people complaining about it. And what some people have done is replaced the micro switches that go underneath the buttons for different types that are less clicky. Um, and actually people have done a lot of modifications to their iCades. Um, people have put in different buttons, which I guess require you to um, sand out the holes just a little bit to make them a little bit bigger. Or you can, some people have traded out the buttons for different colors, uh, which is something you could do, I guess. Or some people have replaced the joystick with actual arcade joysticks. I really feel like as far as accuracy goes, that the joystick and buttons that come with the iCade are good enough. Um, but you know, if you wanted to go that extra step and upgrade that stuff, you can. Um, so the first step to doing all this would be removing that little red ball off the end of the joystick so that you could <laughs> remove the joystick. So, um, my IK joystick will not be being upgraded unless I can find a way to, uh, undo super glue put inside a ball to keep it on threads. So that's why that might not be, if you are planning on, uh, possibly upgrading parts of your iCade in the future, then you may not want to super glue <laughs> things in place because that will make it difficult to do that. But um, the other minor complaint I have about the iCade, and I don't think this is the iCade's fault as much as this is Rob O'Hara's fault when he assembled it, is that um, there are a few places in the iCade, like where the sides connect to uh, the front and the back of the machine, where there are tiny little hairline 
um, cracks, not, I don't want to say cracks, but just things where uh, the corners don't meet. Um, it's hard to explain, but basically the point of it is, is that when you're playing the iCade, if there's a light behind the iCade, I can see it between where the side is supposed to meet the back. Um, and I mean, really this is a problem that is solved with a piece of black electrical tape or, you know, maybe I can try to refit everything together and screw it back down. But, uh, that's really a, um, a minor complaint. So, uh, also available out there, I have heard or I have seen actually on Amazon that there are some other um, competitors to the iCade, some different alternatives that have come out since the iCade has come out. Now, the iCade right now, I just checked Amazon this morning, is available for about $65. Um, and I would say completely worth it. I mean, if you are a retro gamer, who likes gaming on their uh, tablet or whatever, even if you previously weren't gaming on your tablet, my iCade has got so much use in the last two weeks that I have to say it's completely worth $65. So there are some alternatives out there. The first one I'll talk about is um, there's one called the Atari Arcade. So I guess Atari, once they saw that the iCade was going to go ahead in production, that Atari decided to make their own. Um, first of all, the Atari one looks ridiculous. Um, I mean, it looks like something from McDonald's. It's just white plastic with red buttons and a red joystick and stuff. So, uh, it doesn't really, and there's no, it doesn't look like an arcade game. There's just kind of a slot or an arcade machine. I should say arcade cabinet. There's just a slot that holds the iPad kind of at a 45 degree angle. So, um, I don't really like the way it looks, but, uh, the one reason why I wouldn't buy it is that it is only compatible with Atari Greatest Hits, that, that first app that's compatible with the iCade. Um, it's also $35 plus shipping, so uh, it's a little more than half the price of the iCade, but you can only use it with one app, so I can't recommend that. Also, it does use the dock adapter, so the new iPad uh, that's coming out past the iPad 3, whatever the new iPad 4, whatever you want to call it, and the iPad mini, things like that. Um, won't work with it. So, yeah, I would say the uh, Atari Arcade I would not recommend. The second one is the Taito, which, um, again, a reference to No Quarter. They had a little bit of a conversation about how to pronounce Taito, Taito. We know that it's not Tatio, which is what uh, Carrington said. <laughs> but um, Taito, who has made a lot of classic games, has released the Invader Cade. And I gotta say, as far as aesthetics go, it is the best-looking little miniature arcade game for the iPad. The uh, Invader Cade looks like a miniature uh, Space Invaders cabinet. I mean, so it looks great. Uh, it looks exact. well, not exactly, but, I mean, pretty close to an old uh, Space Invaders cabinet. It has the original artwork. Um, so all this is good, right? Except for it also it has a joystick with only one button because that's all you need for Space Invaders. But unfortunately, um, if I'm going to pay this kind of money, and for the Invader Cade, you're going to pay a lot of money, I want something to uh, be a little bit more compatible that I can play with a lot of different games. Um, the Invader Cade doesn't look like it was released in the United States, but there are several available on eBay, and they're all around $400, which is crazy money for one of these little things. And you could get an iPad cheaper than you could get this little um, fake arcade cabinet. So 
Um, it does have built-in speakers and a little volume knob, so you can use the Invadercade for um, like a media dock. You could plug your iPad into it and you know play music and things like that and have it you know be like a little speaker stand, I guess, for your iPad. But with one joystick and one button, uh, you're not going to be playing a lot of games, and you have to use the um, Taito Space Invaders uh, uh, app, and I can't find that it supports I don't think the uh, I iMame or any of these other programs support it either so I mean if you're the super biggest Space Invaders fan of all time and you want to spend and here's the problem with this one right off the bat if you're going to spend $500 or more on an iPad and you're going to spend $400 on a Space Invaders little fake cabinet for your iPad and you're in $900 already there's, I mean, you can buy any Space Invaders cabinet in the world for less than $900. So, uh, yeah, I just really, I don't see the point of this one. There's also um, two different uh, iCade brand ones. There's a iCade Junior, which is a really tiny, scaled-down, cute version of the iCade. And it is made for iPhones. It's designed to hold the iPhone 4 or the iPod 4. Um... So it's this teeny tiny little cute arcade cabinet, uh, and it works, but I have to wonder, I mean, how well, first of all, on the iCade, I should mention that with the wood panels or whatever, it's not heavy, but it's heavy enough to sit in place. So when I'm playing games, it doesn't move all around the desk. Um, it has these little tiny rubber feet on the bottom that kind of keep it from sliding around. So, um... But it, it's um, it's sturdy enough to stay in place. So this little IK Junior thing for iPhones, I, my first thing is, if you try to move this thing around, I would think it would just fall all over the place. Um, and it was launched with a fifty dollar price tag, and right now on ThinkGeek it is on sale for nine ninety nine. So I don't think that the IK Junior um, sold very well. I think it's probably more of a novelty item. Um, than um, an actual way to play retro arcade games. But, you know, if you want something, a cute little uh, dock, maybe an iPhone dock to sit at your desk that looks like an arcade game um, or something like that, then it might be worth it. But as far as, you know, actually playing arcade games, I don't know about that. Uh, and then there's also another controller called the iCade 8-Biddy. And I actually also got this for Christmas, but I haven't opened it yet because I've been really just spending so much time with the iCade. <laughs> but the iCade 8-Biddy um, doesn't look like an iCade or a uh, arcade cabinet at all. It looks like an old um, NES gamepad. So it's a little gamepad that has a four-way D-pad on it, and um, uh, I think it says that it, it has ten buttons. So you've probably got X, Y, A, B, your four buttons, start, select, and then um, two shoulder buttons. But it's also Bluetooth. So the reason why I wanted the 8 MIDI is because I do travel quite a bit for work. So I was thinking that it might be pretty cool to take my iPad on the road uh, with iMame or whatever and then be able to use this little Nintendo-style joystick, uh, which is also Bluetooth wireless, um, to be able to play games you know, in a hotel room or whatever. So I haven't, I'm sure I'll open it before uh, my next trip. So we'll see how that goes, but the um, iCade 8-Biddy 
is uh, right now $30. And again, since it's Bluetooth, I think um, a lot of Android games are starting to adopt, uh, I guess whatever works with the iCade also works with the iCade 8-bitty. So any games for Android or iPad, iPhone, whatever, that support the iCade um, are also going to support the uh, iCade 8-bitty. So I think that's pretty cool. So as far as all the, the clones go, I don't really see, uh, I mean, the uh, 8-bitty is kind of a different uh, different animal altogether, but as far as the, the Taito's uh, Invadercade or the Atari Arcade, I just don't see that those are strong competitors to the iCade. I think if, if you're considering getting an iCade or something like that, that's definitely the one I would go with. So um, that brings us pretty much to the end of episode 118. I again, I have to say that I completely feel like I've got my money's worth out of the arcade. Well, I've got my money's worth out of it because um, I think Santa Claus uh, paid for it. But um, I have just completely enjoyed it. I have been, uh, I've spent more time playing Mame on my iPad in the last two weeks than I have spent probably in the last year on my computer. I just, you know, it's one of those things I don't think about or that I never fire up, but. Um, uh, so just for iMame alone, uh, the Atari anthology, the um, Activision anthology, all those things, I'm just really looking forward to going through all those things and playing them again. Uh, it's funny that these games are, you know, 30 years old. Let's see, 30 would be 82. Um, so some of them are older than that. And, you know, you're just putting them on a new system, putting them in a new, you know, a new way to play them again. And they're still classics. You still go back to them. Um, and they're still fun to play. So yeah, I, I again, I, I have to say, I recommend the iCade. I think it's, um, it's been really fun and I, I uh, I really enjoyed playing some of these classic games, but anyway, that's it for episode 118. I don't know what episode 119 will be yet. Um, I think it will probably be about the CFFA 3000, which is a USB reader for the Apple II. Um, that's one thing that um, I'm going to just ask you guys from the bottom of my heart. If you have show ideas, anything you'd like me to talk about, you can email me at robohara at robohara.com. Uh, you could go to my website, robohara.com. You could contact me um, on my forum, which is thegaschamber.robohara.com. Any of these ways, if you have show ideas, uh, let me have them because... Like I said, last year, six episodes, and sometimes I had to rack my brain to come up with uh, topics for those six. This year, we're shooting for 52, baby, so <laughs> we're going to start cranking them out. So anything you want to hear me talk about, I will be more than glad to consider. So that's it for episode 118. Thank you, guys. I hope everyone had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and I look forward to many, many more episodes of You Don't Know Flack in 2013.